Many have heard the promise of asking, seeking, and knocking. But some people have taken that to be kind of a, like a magic formula to get whatever you want from the Lord. But is that really the case? Is it just a simple ask, seek, knock, and you get what you want? Or is there more to it? Let's talk about that today on THP Online Community Podcast. Hello and welcome to the THP Online Community Podcast. I'm Dallas, your media pastor here at The Healing Place, and we're so glad you've hit the play button today. Today, our lead pastor, Scott Etheridge, is going to be walking us through Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 and 8. And it's a particular promise about asking from the Lord, seeking Him, and then knocking and receiving something specific. But like I said in my intro, some people have taken this to be like a magic formula to try to strong arm the Lord and get what you want from Him. But that's not the case. What if I told you that the true secret behind this is a matter of your heart? Pastor Scott's going to dive into this and, and help us to understand this in context. And if you this message really encourages you, it challenges you, maybe it's, it's causing you to go, you know what, Dallas, I need to take a next step. Reach out to us, mediahub at thpshreport.com, or you can reach us on any of our social media platforms, Facebook and Instagram, just look for THP Shreveport. And if diving into the scriptures is something you're really uh, passionate about, you really enjoy getting into a conversation and then hearing people talk out through, talk through scriptures rather, I want to invite you to check out our brand new podcast, Midweek Move. And basically what happens is Pastor Scott and a variety of guests sit down and they talk through the scriptures together. Then we're going line by line, verse by verse, through one chapter of the scriptures a week. And we're keeping everything in context. And uh, we started in the book of Acts. It's been really great. It's been a really interesting conversation as we've been walking through that. And I want to encourage you to check that out. Again, just look on any of your favorite podcast catchers. Also, you can find it on Facebook. Just look for Midweek Move. There will be links in the descriptions down below. That being said, let's get into today's conversation. Hey there, everyone. Thank you for welcoming me to wherever you are today. Listen, we have been walking through the promises of God for all of 2021. Man, God's promises are yes and amen. And we have had promise after promise after promise. Listen, last week, Isaiah chapter 41 and verse 10, what an amazing promise from the Word of God that the Lord is with us. He will strengthen us. He is always there. He is for us. Such an amazing promise, which is going to lead us into this week's promise. And listen, you know, on campus, I'm super transparent. You know, I'm always, uh, if if um, whatever life is throwing at me at the moment, I'm very transparent here on campus on Sunday mornings. And I want to be the same with you. And to be quite honest, as we're kind of stepping into this today, there are storms that are gathering around our region. Uh, We don't know if there's tornadoes or just uh, thunderstorms or heavy rain, but there's storms that are kind of brewing, which is telling us that cooler weather is coming for here uh, in the south, for us here in the south. And even this morning in my own life, it just seemed like so many things were converging at one time. Like my driveway was full early, early this morning of cars. I couldn't even get out. There were massive amounts of text messages and emails and phone calls and not bad things, just people walking through some very difficult situations. And and so we have the grandson at the house and we have our rescue dog and we have all these things going on and the rescue dog's trying to get under the house because of everything that's happening. And, you know, the, the grandson is trying to take a nap and not really. And so all these things are happening. And as I was getting ready to bring you this word, I was just like, hey guys, I'm coming in hot today just to have everything ready for me. 
And here's why I'm telling you this. is because sometimes when you're watching something, even live, it can seem so sterile and so refined and so perfected with the lights and the cameras and all these things that it can seem like it is entertainment. This is not entertainment. This is real. You may be watching me on Sunday, and I may have filmed it on another day, but this is real. What we're interacting with right now, it's real. I am real. I walk through real things. You are real. You are walking through something very real right now. This is not a television show. This is not a television series. This is not uh, something we're just watching on YouTube as we consume things. This is an interaction about a God who loves us and who created us in his own image, about a Savior who gave his life uh, to atone for the sins that we commit in our lives, that we have given our lives to, our flesh, our nature that is so fallen and, and terrible, but we've get, been given not an out, we've been given an in. <laughs> we've been invited into something. We're not outside of something. We've been invited into something. We've not been called out of, we've been called into something and we've been called into a kingdom that has a king, that he died and he resurrected and now, that same spirit lives in us, that resurrection power. And that's how we can come right now and we can get into the word of God and we can talk about the promises of God. And no matter when it's filmed or when we watch or whatever happens, the Holy Spirit is in all of it at all time because he spans all of that stuff. He doesn't know the same that we know. He is above all of that. And so today our promise is in Matthew chapter 7. Verse seven and eight, and today I'm just kind of sitting right here. I'm just with you. I'm just hanging out with you, and we're going to walk through what God is saying. Two verses today from the promise of the Word of God. Two verses. And in these two verses, there's a lot happening. In these two verses, these two verses have been manipulated over time. They have been used in a context that really wasn't the meaning in which Jesus was bringing we know that the red letters, we've been having a conversation lately about the red letters, and, but the red letters tell us, hey, this is Jesus. Jesus is talking right now. This is super important. And what we find in Matthew chapter 7 is something that is very familiar to a lot of people. It's famous in a lot of ways. If you've ever heard of the Sermon on the Mount, that's where this is. If you've ever heard the term the Beatitudes, that's where we are here. Jesus is speaking to the multitudes and what they don't know right now is that Jesus is actually preparing them for when he is about to leave. He's going to depart. He is going to the Father. There's going to come a time where he's going to die on the cross. He's going to be dead. He's going to be buried. He's going to resurrect. And he's going to send the Holy Spirit. He's actually preparing the multitudes for that. They don't know that. But today, these words are not preparing us for his departure. These words are preparing us for his arrival, his second coming so that we can live in a way that, that we are created in the image of God and therefore we can live in that image. What is that image? His character, his nature, holiness, righteousness, goodness, loving kindness, long-suffering, patience, uh, self-control, peace, love, joy, all those things. And as we read the word of God, it, it, puts, it reminds us of what's been put in us by God to live in his image by the power of the Holy Spirit that we prepare ourselves for his coming, right? That we're ready for his coming, that we're not running around trying to figure this thing out when he's coming, 
but we know whom we have believed in and we know that he is well able and we know that we are ready. So my question for you today is, are you ready? Are you ready for the word of God? Come on, tell me you're ready. Come on, let's put it in there. I'm ready. I'm ready. Listen, if you're really hyped right now, tell everybody else, get ready. Get ready, get ready, get ready. I can't remember what pastor it was years ago, but he would start almost every sermon with, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Like, get ready, because God is about to speak to us in a powerful way. Matthew chapter seven, verse seven and verse eight. Ask, and it will be given to you. Very familiar passage of scripture. Ask, and it will be given to you. In some other translations, it has a, a semblance of give and it will be given unto you, pressed down, shaken together, running over, right? Well, we'll God will give back to you, right? Again, we know the abuses of that. But here's what Jesus is saying. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. That's super important right there. Make a little note if you're, if you're taking notes. If you've, if you've got your Bible open, if you've got your notepad open, it will be opened to you. Kind of underline that, make that a note. Verse eight, for everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds and to him who knocks, it will be opened. Now, this is the promise, asking it will be given to you. Now, that sounds amazing, sounds like it has no boundaries, but that would be an incorrect interpretation of this. Man, I can ask anything. And God's going to give it to me. That's not the context of this scripture. Jesus has spent quite a bit of time up to this point with some very familiar, probably quotable, tweetable things that we would recognize. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Have you ever heard that before? Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are the merciful, the pure in heart. All these things be salt and light, Jesus told us. I fulfill the law. Jesus says, listen, I fulfilled it all. Then he begins to say, hey, guess where murder starts? In the heart. Guess where adultery starts? In the heart. Guess what? Marriage is sacred. It's binding. It's a covenant. It's an it's a, it's a earthly reflection of our relationship with God. Uh, Jesus talking about, listen, let your yes be yes and let your no be no. Don't. Don't make promises you can't keep. He's going through all this stuff. Something that sounds very familiar. Go the second mile, right? Take the extra. Go the extra. Love your enemies. Do what pleases God. Then he goes into the model prayer. I'm gonna teach you how to pray. Our Father who art in heaven. All these different things. Fasting. Listen, fasting isn't to be seen by men. But again, your, your motives matter. Jesus laying up treasures in heaven. The lamp of the body. You cannot serve God in riches. Do not worry. All these things do not judge. All these things come before ask, right? Ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened. Now, why is that so important, Scott? It's important because your motives matter. Here's the context of asking it will be given to you. It's not saying ask and everything will be given to you, whatever you ask. It's saying your motives matter. When you ask, the motive behind your asking matters. Come on, put that in the chat right now. Motives matter. Motives matter. You can ask for something good and it have no eternal value coming back to you. Why? Because your motives were impure. 
Your motives matter. See, we can even do something that seems wrong, but if our motives in doing it were right, were pure, there is tons of mercy and grace for that. Why? Because our motives were pure. Our motives matter. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Well, what am I seeking? Am I seeking pleasure? Well, guess what? If you seek pleasure, guess what? You're probably going to find it. But that doesn't mean it's a good thing. And it doesn't mean it's a godly thing. Knock and it will be open to you, right? Knock and it will be open to you. And then the second part of our promise says, everyone, everyone. He's not just saying, hey, for those of you 12 disciples who are awesome and you're hanging out with me all the time. Again, he's speaking to the multitudes. He's not just speaking to 12 people. He's speaking to the multitudes. So he's not just saying, hey, there's only 12 of you. You're super apostles. You're super people. You're amazing. You're the only ones who are going to ever get to function in these promises. He says, for everyone who asks, right? Everyone. Come on. Put in the chat right now. That's me. That's me. Everyone is me. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be open. Motives matter. Jesus laid the foundation for these verses. There is a foundation that these verses sit upon. So many times these verses are taken out of context, therefore they have no foundation. If they have no foundation, there's going to come a point where it falls apart. Listen, if your theology has no biblical true foundation, your theology will never stand in times of testing. It's going to be hard to stand on a theology that says, I will never suffer when you're suffering. What happens when you're suffering and it is God? that's trying to move you through that suffering and teach you in that suffering. Look at Job. Job is like, people are telling him, curse God and just curse God and die. Listen, why are you going through this? And God says, listen, though the Lord slay me, though I'm being just crushed, I'm gonna serve him because God is good. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And what was he saying? He was saying, just because I'm suffering doesn't mean that God's not in this. I don't understand it, and I may be even arguing with God about it, but guess what? God is good. In the New Testament, Paul even tells them that if you want to know God in his fullness, if you want to know Jesus in his fullness, then you need to learn to fellowship with his suffering. Catch that for a second. Now, Scott, are you a fatalist? Do you believe that the only way that shall we start just, you know, hitting ourselves with whips so we can feel what Jesus feels? No. We're not all the suffering servants. There was only one suffering servant, Jesus. Capital letters. Suffering servant, Jesus. Isaiah 53 talks about it. Isaiah 54 talks about it. Isaiah 55 prophesies about this suffering servant. But now we take up our cross and we follow Jesus. And when we go through the suffering, when we go through the valley of the shadow of death, we don't fear any evil. Why? Because we're a suffering servant? No, because the suffering servant went to the cross and he was dead and he was buried and he resurrected and he sent his Holy Spirit so that we know that when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil for he is with us. If your theology is built on a faulty foundation, you have one verse that you build your whole life on, but it's built on a context or a narrative that is not truth, it will fall apart when you need it the most. Ask, right? And it will be given to you. 
Jesus lays a firm foundation for it by saying this. Your motives matter. Your heart matters. Your mind matters. What you think about, what you feel, right? It all matters. And you can only feel what you need to feel and think what you need to think if you are in me, in Christ. Because it's in Him that we live and we move and we have our being. That it is in Him that we know who God created us to be. That it is in Him that we know what God is saying to us. It is in Him that we know now that we can do what God says. And so Jesus lays this amazing foundation that it all begins in your heart. And when your motives are right, then what happens when you ask? If your motives are right, ask and you will receive. If your motives are pure, if your hands are clean and your heart is pure, you seek and you will find. You knock on that door like that persistent woman who just kept banging on that door in the middle of the night. And finally it was like, okay, okay, fine. Whatever you want, you can have it. Just leave me alone. It's not that we pester God, but it's that God, I want to see you move so desperately in my life and my family and my church and my city and my state and my nation that I'm going to keep knocking on the door and God says, look at my people. Look at my kids. Look how hungry they are. Look how thirsty they are. Look at the peacemakers down there. Look at the merciful down there. Look at those who are hungering and thirsting for righteousness. Their hearts are pure. Let me open the door wide open. Let me send revival to their city listen to them call out to me we want revival in our cities but we're not willing to do what it takes for revival to happen see revival sounds awesome when it's just a topic that we're reading that happens somewhere else but revival is not so awesome when you have to pay a price to get to the place of revival because revival doesn't come through laughter a lot of times Revival comes through tears. Revival comes through loneliness. Revival comes through being in a back room where two people have showed up to a prayer meeting and are holding on to the promises of God that are yes and amen. And they're crying out because everyone else has something else to do. But these two are in a back room somewhere and they're calling out the names of all those others who are unwilling to pay the price for revival. And they're seeking and they're asking and they're knocking God, let it happen one more time. God, let it happen in Louisiana one more time. God, let it happen in Shreveport one more time. God, let it happen in California one more time. God, let it happen in Kentucky and Washington and Florida and New Mexico. Do it again, Lord. Because if we're not crying out, who will? See, that's what happens when there's a foundation. We're trying to live our lives in quotables and 140 characters. And a quotable and 140 character tweet won't lay a foundation for you, but only the truth of the word of God. Jesus lays this amazing foundation and then he says, ask and you're gonna receive. Seek and you will find and knock and the door will be open for you. Now let's key in on that. I told you to underline that, right? Why was that such a big deal, Scott? 
Do you ever realize that when you knock on a door, you only knock if the door is closed? It's not open. You knock on a closed door. We live in a culture that's all about, man, God's open doors and God's open doors and God's open doors. And man, I'm ready to walk through the open door. But is that even biblical? Jesus said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If you will come and open the door, right? We're all talking about God's open doors, how all these open doors. Does it take faith to walk through an open door? Can't you already see what's on the other side of the open door? But when you can't see what's on the other side of a closed door, it takes faith to knock on that door. Do you have the faith to walk up to a closed door and not make all the excuses? Oh, the door is closed. That must mean it's not God. If the door is closed, it may be God. Maybe it's not open. Maybe those open doors you've been walking through, maybe that's not God at all. Maybe the enemy has opened doors so that you will freely walk through those doors taking no thought to the price that has to be paid for a door to be open. You see, when you pray, when no one else is praying, you're knocking on a door. When you seek, when no one else is seeking, you're knocking on a closed door. When you go after God and you're the only person in the whole entire sanctuary who's going after God, you're the only person in your family who's going after God, you're knocking on a closed door. And it's not a closed door that God has closed and said you can't open it. You're knocking on a door of opportunity. And when God opens that door that you've been knocking on persistently and God says, you know what? Maybe I am tired of hearing it. Maybe I just need to open this thing up. Or God just says, man, I've just been waiting for them to get to the place where they would not stop knocking. I'm going to open the door. That's when revival happens. That's when awakening happens. That's when families get saved. That's when cities get saved. That's when nations get saved. Scott, I think we've gone too far. That can't happen. The Bible says, ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find and knock and the door will be open. That's a promise from the word of God. Now, I understand right now I'm driving the sound man crazy because I'm loud and then I'm soft. But guess what? We don't care. We're not trying to be perfect. We're asking and we're seeking and we're knocking. And guess what? When you ask, sometimes you ask loudly. And when you ask, sometimes you ask softly. When you seek, sometimes you're aggressive. And sometimes you can seek passively by just walking it out. Sometimes when you knock, it's a simple tap. Sometimes you're banging on the door. What is God saying in all this, Scott? Well, I don't know what God is saying to you. I know what God is saying to me. God is saying to me, Scott, you need to ask. You need to seek. And you need to start knocking again. And my answer is, man, Lord, I feel like I've been asking. I feel like I've been seeking. I feel like I've been knocking on all these doors. God says, but have you really? Seems like you may be looking at a closed door, hoping that it might open, but have you been banging on it? And I have to say that in my own heart today, I can say, probably not, Lord. Scott, have you really been asking for the things you can't just do on your own? 
man, Lord, have I? Or have I just been doing what I can do in my own natural power? Scott, have you really been seeking after me? Not just what I can do for you, but me, says the Lord. Because ultimately, after these promises, we talk about a foundation. But guess what? On a foundation, Jesus always built upon that and kept building upon it. He didn't stop at verse 7 and 8. Because he goes on to say, that who among you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? God is ready to bring revival to your house. God is ready to bring healing to your body right now. God is ready to bring a refreshing to your broken down, I'm just going to say it, selfish, hardened soul. God is ready to give you a cup of fresh water in the midst of what feels like has been a desert season in your life. He is ready. He wants to give you good gifts. If we being evil, even know how to extend something to our kids and go, hey, I just want to bless you. And how much more does God desire to do that and go beyond that, right? To those who have clean hands and a pure heart who will ask. Because he says, therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them. That whole love your enemies thing, that whole foundational thing. Love your neighbor as yourself. Because then Jesus says, listen, there's this huge, massive, massive super highway that you can take. It's a broad way. But there's going to come a point where that super highway is going to end and there's going to be destruction. And then there is this old country narrow path. Looks like maybe you can barely squeeze. The, the trees are up over. Can I even get my car through there? Can I even pass through safely through there? But guess what? There's not a dead end at the end of that path. There's another opening at the end of that path that leads to eternal life. Life, life more abundantly. How do I get there, Scott? Blessed are those. Blessed are those. Blessed are those. Your motives matter. How's your heart today? Are your hands clean today? How do I get there, Scott? Right motives, right? Then ask, seek, and knock. And when we do that, we're on this narrow path. And although at times our flesh will go, man, this is really restricting. Why can't I do this? Why can't I do that? The Spirit says, keep walking. Keep walking. Because on this path, there's only life and life more abundantly. But on that broad path, there's fun for maybe an exit or two. But if you keep on that super highway, there's a dead end coming. And it leads to destruction. The great thing about the narrow path is, you die before you get on the narrow path. <laughs> Come on, man, what? You die to self. You go through the grave, you accept Christ, and you die to the old you, and you become a new you, and now you start walking on the narrow path. And there isn't death, there's just an entrance to life and life more abundantly. On the superhighway, this broad path, it feels like you're living 
but you're really not. And it's leading to death. But on this one, you die to self and you get a new you. And you get to walk the path of life. How do you do that? Right motives? Ask. Seek. Man, you just keep on knocking. It's time to stop listening to the lies of the devil. You keep knocking. I don't care if you got to start knocking on stuff in your kitchen right now, in your bedroom, in your living room. Knock on something. If you've got to knock on somebody's head lightly, just go ahead and do that right now. I'm knocking right now. I'm knocking right now. Knock somewhere, 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 somewhere. Find somewhere to knock as a physical expression of God. I'm not going to stop knocking. I want you. I want all of you, Lord. Not what you have to give me, but all of you, Lord. In that, you will find life and you will find life more abundant. Man, what a promise from the Word of God. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. Everyone who asks will receive. Everyone who seeks will find. And everyone who knocks on that door, it will be opened to them. And in that, you will find life and life more abundantly. And even better than that, we will please our Father who is in heaven, who wants to give us good gifts. So let's pray together today. I didn't know where we were going with this. I think we went somewhere really good, right? I think we went somewhere really good. I could have gotten caught up in the, the, the angst and the, the busyness of the morning and gotten caught up and said, man, I hope this just works out. I hope I don't fall flat. But it's in those moments that we draw upon the asking and the seeking and the knocking. We need the Holy Spirit to lead us. We don't just hit play and go, okay, Scott, just put something out there for them. You're not getting leftovers today. You're getting it fresh from the oven today. Fresh from the oven. Because God loves you enough to give you something fresh. Open your eyes. Waken you to what He has for you. So in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we come. And we ask and we seek and we knock even right now on the doors before us, Lord. And Lord, may our motives be pure in our asking and our seeking and our knocking. Lord, if we've had impure motives, if we've had unclean hands, forgive us today, Lord, of our sinfulness. Forgive us, Jesus. We confess it to you, Lord. We want our hearts to be pure and our hands to be clean. And the only way we can have that through the forgiveness that can only come through what you provided for us. So we ask for that today and we receive it today. We don't just ask for forgiveness, we receive it today. Because the only way that we can give that forgiveness is if we have received it. So we receive your forgiveness today. And Lord, if we've fallen along the path, we get up today and we dust ourselves off. We dust off the stuff of the world and we say, today, guess what? I leave no room for the devil, and I'm going to leave no doubt. I'm going to leave no doubt whom I serve. In Jesus' name. Come on, isn't the Lord good? Listen, if I was on campus, I'd tell everybody to put their hands together, and let's just start shouting, and let's put our hands together for Jesus. Put your hands together for Jesus right now. Come on, give us those uh, emojis or whatever they're called. I don't even know what any of that is called. I don't even care. 
but whatever you can just find, just dot, 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 whatever that is, whatever this is. I know I got one with my face on it where I'm blowing a streamer thing. I'm doing that right now in the spirit. Come on, Jesus is worthy of our praise. Listen, if God has done something in your life today, if you need prayer for anything today, Media Hub at thpshreveport.com. We want to celebrate with you. We want to pray with you. Uh, we want to thank the Lord for what He's doing in your life. Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 and 8. Amazing promises from the Word of God. They are yes and amen. Leave no room. Leave no doubt today. In Jesus' name. I love you. Bye-bye.